This is The Gathering Church in Windsor, Ontario, and I'm Pastor Garth Lino. Welcome to our podcast. Money can't buy it. People can't build it. Churches can't bestow it. But God promised peace. Peace. Psalm 85.8 says, I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servants. He promises peace to his people. Consider this comment uh, that a girl posted on a website dedicated to atheism and the destruction of Christianity. I'm confused, she wrote. I always believed science would be the cure-all for my problems. But I don't know if I can keep living without eternal life. I guess I'll just have to find a way myself to make it through this meaningless existence. I just wish I knew someone who could show me the path of eternal life. If science can't provide the answers, though, who can? Hmm. I am radically convinced that hope and peace are in very short supply in our culture these days. Personal peace has more to do with the consumption of alcohol and drugs than it does with faith or peace from God. If life on this pain-filled planet is all there is, then indeed our existence is meaningless and we will just have to find a way. Every man or woman is going to have to find their own way, their own escape out of this meaningless existence. But even the girl who posted her comments on the internet realizes that one thing would make life meaningful, and that's eternal life itself. Well, today we're talking about the promise of God for peace. But it's actually a twofold promise because the Bible speaks about peace with God, and it also speaks about the peace of God. And they are related, but they are distinct in their functions. So first of all, let's look at peace with God. Peace with God. In his letter to the church at Rome, the Apostle Paul says, Romans chapter 5, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of of the glory of God. Justified by faith. This is a a ringing affirmation of the objective legal standing of the Christian, that the Christian, through faith in Christ, has been justified and has been declared righteous by God once for all, regardless of how he or she feels. This is not about the subjective feeling, the personal feeling of peace. So the result of this objective legal standing is that the Christian no longer lives under the fear of judgment and the wrath of God, but has peace with God, which is much more than a subjective reality. It's, a, it's an objective reality, uh, kind of like the, uh, a decision that's made in the courts of, of heaven. We have peace with God. We're no longer at war with God because of our sin and our rebellion against God. But remember that the Apostle Paul is writing here to a church, the church of Rome. He's writing to believers who've already trusted in Jesus Christ. 
So Paul affirms that everyone who puts their faith in Jesus is justified by God, forgiven by God, redeemed by God, and saved by the grace of God, which gives us peace with God. So you see, prior to conversion, prior to salvation, before you were born again by the Spirit of God through faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross, everyone, and I mean everyone, is by nature an object of God's wrath. That's what the Bible's talking about in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3, where it says, We all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. There's that phrase, like the rest of mankind. The New Living Translation says it like this, All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. So it really doesn't matter what translation you use, no one is exempt. Everyone falls under the same sentence. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 6.23 So everybody, everyone is an object of wrath. All have sinned, and the wages of sin is death. Man, that sounds like we're all doomed to destruction, doesn't it? But the good news is that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, so that everyone who believes in him, in Jesus, will not perish but have eternal life. This young lady who posted her thoughts, her comments on the internet said, I I don't know if I can keep on living without eternal life. Well, you don't have to. You don't have to keep on living without eternal life. God sent his one and only son to pay the price for our sin. Jesus paid it all. He died in our place. He's my substitute and yours. He died uh, to atone for our sins. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And that's what brings us peace. He's given us peace. It's like God picks us up and and, and puts us down in a whole new country called peace. We now live in peace. We're free. And as a result of that peace, the Bible also says in Romans 8, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. We're free, and that's peace with God through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. No more wrath, no more judgment, no more condemnation. Isn't that good news? Does that make sense to you? Are you still with me? (laughs) Good. Remember that we said in the introduction that the promise of peace is a twofold promise which includes not only peace with God, but the peace of God. The peace of God. The peace of God is the subjective side to the objective reality. The peace of God is the feeling side of the objective truth. The peace that we have with God. 
The peace of God is what drives the doubt and the darkness and the fear from our hearts. One day when Jesus was speaking to his disciples and teaching them about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, he said in John chapter 14, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Shalom is an Old Testament word for peace. The shalom of God, the peace of God. But it, it, it's much more than just a kind of a, a subjective uh, experience of peace. It, it, it also implies completeness or wholeness or well-being. So when you greet someone with the shalom, the, the peace of God, you're, you're also blessing them and, and hopeful uh, that, that they will experience completeness and soundness and that all will be well with their soul. And that's what Jesus promised to his followers in John chapter 14. He promised the shalom of God, the peace of God, which causes our hearts to rest and not be afraid. And of course that, that idea appears in other places throughout the Bible. Most notably perhaps Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God, which transcends all human understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. I love that. It's one of my all-time favorite passages. And I'm certain that many of us here today have had the experience before when you're not sure about something, you're, you need a decision, a decision needs to be made, so you begin to pray about it, and you seek the scriptures, and you ask God, and you look for answers, and you pray for wisdom and supervision. Perhaps you ask a, a friend or a family member, or maybe you go to a pastor or elder for advice. And then when the time comes for the decision to be made, the, the time has run out, the deadline is upon you, you launch out in faith, you launch out in faith and you trust God and you step out in confidence that he's, gonna, he's going to guide you and all of a sudden, I mean all of a sudden, your heart is just flooded with this confidence and this peace that comes from God and, 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 and you feel that no matter what happens, no, no matter what circumstances are, you've made the right choice, you've made the right decision. I'm curious, how many of you here today, how many of you uh, at home have, have had that kind of experience uh, with the peace of God? Yeah? So many people. His peace begins to guard our hearts and our minds as we live in Jesus Christ. That's what I'm talking about. But, but you can't really experience the peace of God unless you have peace with God, right? You can't get the cart before the horse. That deep down sense of completeness and, and soundness of soul does not come unless you have peace with God. So, so let me give you, quickly, let me give you the steps to peace with God so that if you don't have that already, you can quickly enter in, step into peace with God so that you can have this wonderful experience on a day-to-day -day basis of the peace of God. First of all, you have to admit that you need him, that you need God. And a lot of people today 
will not admit that. They just would not ever admit that they need God. They're too proud. They're too self-sufficient. But the Bible says that our sins separate us from God and we need Him. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So no one's exempt and we all need to be rescued. We cannot save ourselves. Next, we have to turn from our sins in repentance and ask God to forgive us. After John the Baptist was arrested, Jesus came along, the Bible says, proclaiming the gospel of God. He said in Mark chapter 1, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. So repentance and faith are really two sides of the same coin. In order to be saved, in order to receive the gift of eternal life, in order to be born again and get peace with God, you must repent of your sins and then believe in the gospel. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Third, you need to believe that Jesus died for you. Jesus Christ is God's only answer to the problem of sin. He died on the cross and rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures, to pay the penalty for our sin and separation, completely bridging the gap between sinful people and a holy God. And the last step to peace with God is to simply place your trust and your confidence in Jesus Christ alone, to trust his finished work. And if you do that, then Jesus becomes your Savior and you step into that objective reality of peace with God. The war is over. You're no longer at enmity with God. Your rebellion and sin are forgiven. The Bible says to all who receive him, that is to those who believe in his name, he gives the right, the privilege, the honor, the, the pleasure of becoming children of God. John chapter 1 verse 12. So the very instant you trust in Jesus as your Savior, you step into peace with God. And once you have peace with God, then you can experience the peace of God. And the promise of peace is not only for the mature Christian who's you know, been walking with the Lord for decades, it's for everyone who will trust the Lord for his peace. It's available to anyone who will trust him. And you know with all that's going on in the world right now, Peace is really hard to find. You watch the news and you, 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 you hear about COVID-19 that's spiking in the United States and so many states and so many cities. Lebanon may be on the brink of collapse. A bus driver in China just this week deliberately crashed his bus, killing 21 people. I mean, peace is hard to find. But God has promised us his peace. He invites us to know his peace and he longs for us to know his peace in an experiential and personal way, not just by theory, not just by fact, but by experience. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or about your body, what you will wear. See, those are daily concerns. For your father knows that you need them, Jesus said, but seek his kingdom first. And these things will be given to you as well. And Paul also, from prison, shared his experience of personal peace with all who would listen. Philippians chapter 4, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Verse 12, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. 
I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I mean, that is so powerful, isn't it? The secret to contentment and personal peace only requires a humble, unpretentious response from us. The secret to walking in peace with God is beautifully summed up in this single verse, this phrase from Proverbs chapter 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Could it really be so simple? Trust in the Lord with all your heart? Yes, it's that simple. But at the same time, it's revolutionary. It's simple, but it's not always easy to trust the Lord. But God designed us to live on trust, to operate on trust. He, God did not design us to, to, to live on facts and figures and charts and graphs. No, he designed us to live on promises, the promises of God. And he designed us to, to live on the basis of trust. We're, we're created in the image of God, but he did not give us all wisdom and all understanding and all knowledge. We don't have all of the power that God has. We have to trust him. God designed us to trust in his knowledge and his wisdom and his power, you see. And when we do, wow, we experience the peace of God in a supernatural way. Every time we trust in the promise of God and not in our own strategies, for handling dif difficult situations, we put the devil in his place. Every time we trust in the Lord, we smack the devil on his lying lips. <laughs> and the peace of God fills your heart. See, money can't buy it. People can't build it. Churches can't bestow it. But God promised us his peace. It's there. It's a gift. It's the promise of God. Will you trust in the Lord with all your heart today? Regardless of your circumstances, will you just say, Lord, I trust you with this. I don't have the wisdom, the knowledge, the power, the strength. I, I can't do this on my own. I need you, Lord Jesus. I put my trust in you. It, look, folks, it may not be easy, but it's what God designed us to do. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Will you receive his peace today? Will you believe it? Will you walk in it? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, we, we praise you this morning. We bless you and adore you because you are the Prince of Peace. And, and today we rejoice in your commitment to bring us the peace of God and peace with God. You, you, you never pressure us to just get over it or to be to be strong and courageous. Rather, you welcome us in our weakness, our confusion and our frailties, and then you apply more grace to help us get through. We thank you for that. In Paul's words, you promise peace at all times and in every situation to know that you're with us today and for us today, to know that you love us and that you're in control of all things, Lord. That's what we need more than anything else. 
And so, Father, this morning we come before you to restate our desire to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts, with everything we have and everything we are, and not lean on our own understanding, not now, not ever. Grant us peace, Lord, as we trust you with, with the hearts and futures of our children and grandchildren. Grant us peace as we make important decisions, even this week. Lastly, Lord, grant us peace that, so that we can live in the midst of, of broken lives and, and, and broken relationships until the day that Jesus returns. Even so, come Lord Jesus. May your promise of peace cause us to say, it is well with my soul. And this we pray in the only name that brings us peace, the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.